will give you just kind of that lesson in a statement, and uh, then we'll, we'll get started. We'll read a few chapters. Well, I'll go ahead and read this to you. It says uh, in verses 1 through 3, it says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. And so he says, you know, I've got a promise for you. He said, it'd be really a shame if you, you didn't get it. You know, if you came short of that promise. And, uh, and, and truth is, there's a lot of saved people that have come short of this promise. This is not salvation. This is talking about being in his rest. And, you know, there's a lot of people that, are, that got saved by grace. You know, there are churches out there that, uh, that, that teach that you're saved by grace, but then you've got to keep it by works. Well, that's a miserable way to live. You know, and they teach you, you can lose your salvation. And, you know, and it's always amazing to me that if you lose it, then you'd have to do the same thing to get it back. And if you did the same thing to get it back, it seems to me like then you'd have to be baptized again. And I don't know about you and me, but, but if that was really true, man, I'd have to be a duck. Uh, because I'd be, <laughs> I might as well just go ahead and live in the water, man. Because... <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's just funny how they, they you know, they, they take parts of it and, you know, okay, yeah, you know, you can lose it. But, and, of course, everybody else loses it, but they never lose it. And so it's just everybody else. And so, uh, and, you know, it's just a miserable way to live. And God said, don't come short of it. You don't want to live like that. He said, I got rest for you. And so uh, verse 2, it says, for unto us was the gospel preached, amen, it was preached, as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith uh, in them that heard it. And, and again, you know, when go out today, Joe talks about, went out today, gave the gospel to a man, but he's just not ready to receive it uh, yet. Verse 3, said, For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. He said, everything's already been done for your salvation. It's all finished, so you know, why can't you just come in and trust me by faith and you'll find rest? His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so it leads us into verse 4, where he spake in a certain place of the seventh, day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And that's kind of where we're going to begin there. But the, the lesson that I think that you kind of see in these initial verses is this. You either learn from the wilderness or you will continue to live in the wilderness. Here's the lesson. You either learn from the wilderness or you will continue to live in the wilderness. Folks, you know, when we struggle with the test of life, the trials of life that come into our life, when we struggle with those things, get bitter about those things, get upset about those things, and we don't learn from those things, can I just tell you, we're going to continue to go through those things. Because, look, much of what we go through, God's just trying to teach us. He's trying to let us to learn and to grow and figure this, this thing called life and figure it all out. And, but if we don't, if we don't learn... Uh, we're just going to continue in the wilderness. Uh, that's why they had to just keep walking. Keep walking. You know, just, you know, hey, what are we doing? We're just going to make circles for about 40 years. Why? Because you're dumb. Because you won't learn. It took, you know, it had to go through and wipe out a generation to, to a whole new generation come up before we could just, okay, now finally, maybe we got some of them that are willing to listen. And so, 
the world is our wilderness. We're in, we're in the wilderness right now. This is our wilderness, so to speak. We have all power available all the time. We've been t- saying about that on Sundays that, that we might have victory in this wilderness. But that means we must live by faith in the Word of God and in God Himself. If we have faith while we travel through the trials of life, we can find the fullness of Jesus Christ. You know, as you go through the issues of life, uh, one of my daughters is going to be speaking in a conference, and I'm probably going to use it and show it to you soon. But, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't want she, to. She's written a song, and, and now she's done a, a video to that song. But, it, but honestly, all it is, it's going through our family and, and the issues and the crises that we've had to go through over it, really in the last uh, probably eight or nine years. And it's just, and she's got pictures and she's got little clips and different things about it. Uh, and, and the whole issue is, can you, can you still praise God through it all? Because if you can, if you can find praise through everything you're going through, guess what? You're coming out of the wilderness. You're coming out of the wilderness. It's no need to wander around. You know, that, that wilderness has no power, no control over you. Uh, I was saying to somebody uh, yesterday they, or, or two days ago, they, they said, you know, I'm really battling with some, some spirit of kind of depression and discouragement. And, and, and I referred back to, to Mike's uh, message. And I said, I said, you know, look, if, if you want to come out of that, praise. You know, every time the old devil smacks you in the, in the face, just, you just praise God. See if he keeps smacking you. Look, if, if he, what he does to you makes you praise God, he's going to quit doing it. Because he sure doesn't want you praising God. Now, we must understand that, that just as people of Israel died in the wilderness, so will we die without the fullness of Christ if we do not trust him and his leadership through our wilderness. You know, if we don't trust him and his leadership through our wilderness, we can spend our life in the wilderness and die in the wilderness. And there's a lot of saved people just absolutely miserable right now. Now, verses 4 through 11, 11, we continue to see rest and its importance, I believe, to the sovereignty of God. But in verse 4, it says, For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. Now, in a certain place, I believe what that's referring to is in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work in God cre- that, which God created and made. Now, uh, you know, there's a lot of things in the Bible that, that amaze me, but this, this always amazes me every time I read it. It's so amazing that, that God rested. Does that amaze you? I mean, does God get weary? Anybody in here tired tonight? Anybody, you know, that you're doing everything you can while I speak to stay awake? Thank you, Linda. God bless you. Uh, that's okay. I'm speaking. I'm trying my best to stay awake. Now, you know, the fact is, is that we get weary. But does God get weary? Now, I know that God wearies at our attitude. 
I know scripture, but as far as he needed to rest, you know, man needs spiritual rest every day of every moment, and this comes by simple childlike faith in, in God's provision and protection. You know, if you really believe in God, if you trust him, that's a spiritual rest. I mean, that's, you, when you come by faith into Jesus Christ, you find spiritual rest. When you trust him day by day, you find spiritual rest. Man needs physical and mental rest. And God's design was one day in seven that we should rest. You know, the, the truth is, God is such a good God that even here, I believe that he's simply showing us, he's drawing a picture to us at the very beginning of Christ. He's drawing, he's letting us see God, almighty God, omnipotent God, did not need to rest. As in physically like we understand rest. He did it for us as a picture. Now, we'll find rest, but we don't, you never find rest in the strictness of the law but true rest is found, faith, found in faith and love. Now, that's what Hebrews is really talking about up through this portion. He's trying to get to us that there, and it's a, it's a wonderful portion of Scripture because God's trying to teach us there is a rest for us. We don't have to be burdened down all the time. Uh, God's word is perfect and eternal. God's promises are true. God's love never fails. And can I tell you, spiritual rest comes when you know that God is sovereign and God has a plan for your life from the foundation of the world. If you really believe that, if you believe God is sovereign and God is in total control, when you believe God's word is perfect and it's eternal and God's promises are true and God's love never fails, that's spiritual rest. No matter how physically tired you might be, spiritually you can be okay. That means no matter how physically tired you might be or no matter how much. Hey, listen, that means even when you're going through your 19th interview, you can still have spiritual rest. You only had three. Okay. But you know what? The, the truth is, is that's, look, Okay, I hate to even use, have you ever been in this position before? No. Scary, isn't it? Yeah. Well, how do you do it? Well, you can, even, you can either stay up all night and worry yourself sick. You can get stressed out about all the future, everything's coming up. Or you can just say, Lord, you know my situation. You know I'm serving you. You know that I love you. I know you love me. All things work together for good. Watch this. We're going to be okay. Amen? And can I tell you, as time goes by, as you deal with these things and you find out, you, you get through them. As you deal with these things and you find out somehow we survive. As you deal with these things over life and find out somehow we still pay the bills. Watch this. Hey, there comes a time the old devil can throw that at you. And you're like, sorry, I got, I'm resting. Because, you know what? We've gotten through it every other time. We'll get through it this time. 
You know, when God's mercy endures forever, when God's grace is sufficient and new every morning, that gives you rest. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. Amen. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I, I kept telling Joe Beth, one day our children will move out. One day. <laughs> yeah, we can get some rest. No, it's been a lonely, a lonely place, man. Joe Beth's been kind of walking around. Man. You know, it needs to be some kind of balance in between these two things. It really does. Because, you know, when they're not there, it's so quiet and you miss that. But when they're there, (laughs) it's not quiet. All right. Physical rest comes as we understand that God is ultimately in control and we can understand the priorities of life, family, and service. So really there's a lot of different kinds of rest in here, but, but physical rest comes as we understand God is ultimately in control. You say, How, how's that physical rest? Because you really don't sleep good. You really don't rest well until you, until you can lay down and say, God's got it. He's in control. And we understand, now, the other part of that, the physical rest, though, is understanding the priorities of life and family and service. You know, the truth is, we've got to relax. We've got to figure this thing out uh, and, and so that we can just, we get too stressed out because, well, I, you know, I'm so worried that I, I should be doing this or I should be, the, you know, just, let's just figure out what our priorities are and then follow through with those priorities. Now, this is why I gave you the, the, you know, and I, I hopefully everybody's got them. I gave you the next three months of all the things going on. Because if, if every time I announce all these things, if, if they're bouncing around in your brain, they'll weary you just thinking about, man, we sure got a lot going on here. But you look, you look on the calendar and you can just say, okay, we can deal with this, we can deal with this. We, it, all we're doing is setting the priorities. And it's one of the reasons why I'm, I keep saying to you, you, know, you look at that calendar and you figure out what you can do in those things uh, without hurting your, yourself, your family, your, your, your health. You, 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 you see what you can do. Uh, nobody says that you've got to do everything, that everything goes on. Nobody says that. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. But then nobody says that. Now, look at verse 5. I'm taking too much time on it. Verse 5, it says, And in this place again, that they shall enter in, in my rest. In verses 4 and 5, we see that God gave the people a day to physically rest. There's a picture, this is what I was talking about earlier, of the rest that Christ would bring. God gave the Sabbath as a wonderful rest. But here's what happened. The priests made it a horrible burden. It was supposed to be just, the Lord just said, rest. Don't do any work on the Sabbath. Real simple. Don't do any work on the Sabbath. And, and, and you know, look, it, it don't take a whole lot to figure out what work is. I mean, because uh, he already told them, you know, that work should be about done by the sweat of your brow. Uh, but, but they took it to the point that if you, if you were hungry and you, and you broke off an ear of corn, you were working. Well, I, you know, I mean... I may work up a sweat if I'm eating some spicy food, but, you know, folks, that wasn't work, and that was not what God intended. It was work if they, if they shucked that, and then they rubbed 
the silk off of it so they could eat it. They called that threshing it then, and they were working. And so it, it was just something that got, got adulterated. God wanted it to be something where people got rest. They had a hard life. They were working hard six days a week. They're going hard. They, they don't have air conditioning, and they don't have uh, the conveniences. They don't have those things, and they work very hard by the sweat of their brow. They're working very hard to provide, and the Lord said, you know what? On this one day, shut it down and rest. And can I tell you, God still wants you to find some time to rest. He doesn't want us going all the time. You know, forgive me, but, but I, I believe if you could go back before the flood, uh, that you would not find that, that they, until the latter times, uh, I think in the early days of creation and early days of man, even after they came out of the garden, I don't think they had electricity and I don't think they had lights. I think, yeah, they probably had some kind of candle that they burned to just kind of get them through the, the early morning hour when they woke up or something. But can, do you understand that I believe God made dark for a reason? I believe he did. You know what he said? He said, work for the night is coming when man works no more. Not only did he give a day of rest, but he gave us nights to rest. So all of you just go home, go to bed. But he really did. These bodies were not made to just run and run and run and run. There was a time period where, honestly, they were trying, you know, try, I think a lot of them trying to convince us that you, in order to, to really be right with God, you had to run off for about four hours of sleep a night. You know, look, I'd, I'd, rather run all, I'd rather run a long time for God than, than to just burn out in a short time. Now, the day of rest was to be a blessing to man, a blessing that God gave to man. Instead, it became a burden to man, for it was made a work rather than a rest. It became an incredible, how were they even going to survive? You know, the truth is, what it became, it became a burden because you know, if you, you push people into a corner and they got nowhere out of that corner, most of them, what they will do is sneak out of the corner. So what they did, they had to live with the fact that they were violating. They had to live with that oppressive feeling that they were sinning. But they were trying to live. You think a mama wasn't going to feed her children? So what they were going to do, they were going to hide and try to take care of it. You know, that's a terrible way to live, folks. Now, we have rest available by faith in Christ, but again, many put extreme rules on man that God did not place. The gift of salvation becomes the work of salvation in so many instances. It's not. It's a gift. It's a gift. And you know what? You can have... Being justified by faith, thereby we can have peace with God. 
we can have rest in God when it's a gift. But, it, but it's, it, it's become, in so many instances, a work of salvation. In reality, the endless, hopeless work of salvation, because once you begin to work for salvation, that is endless. It's something that's unattainable and you can never re- re- receive it. Uh, that life becomes endless condemnation rather than a life of joy and peace found in a loving, forgiving God. It becomes endless condemnation because, you know, you failed here, you failed here, you failed here, you failed here. Well, you know, that's a miserable late way to live. Today, some refuse, and, and, and I, I, I guess a lot of this is on my mind in, in recent days because, boy, it just seems like so many of our our younger Christians are, are struggling with this, but some refuse biblical principles because they feel they are oppressive and discouraging uh, as the law was to the Israelites. They feel like any kind of rules, you know, we've been going through the, the commands of Christ. They feel like any types of commands, so to speak, that those are oppressive. What is misunderstood is that today we have 1 John 1, 9. You see, yes, in, in the Old Testament, the law was, was pretty oppressive, especially when the priest started adding to the law. Uh, it was very oppressive because, man, who can really live this in perfection? And if you offend in one point, you've offended in all. So, man, this, this is a hopeless situation, it seems to them. If, that's the, if they really uh, that's, they understood that was the way they were supposed to live. Now, if we live that way, it's going to be just as oppressive. God did not, but here's what they don't understand. And in, in now we have forgiveness that's immediately access, um, assess, uh, I can't even say the word. Accessible. Thank you. I knew it was in there somewhere. It's our class on speaking in tongues. And the, uh, God did not negate a godly lifestyle. He gave us salvation freely and forgiveness to all who will ask. And you may not understand what I'm saying here, but, but the fact is, is that the, the whole concept is, is that in order to have rest in Christ, that means that I come for salvation, and after that, there are no rules. That's the only way I can be free of this oppressive life. That's not it. no. You see, God still has all kinds of things, and they're not rules or regulations. They are principles of life that will give us a better life. They're not there to oppress us. They're there to help us. They're there actually to set us free so that we can have a better life. But, but when you feel like that any rules are oppressive, what you've, what you've forgotten is, I, look, I, if there's something there that God expects of me and I fail at it, I, I don't have to live now day after day in this oppressive feeling that, that somehow I can't live up to God's standard. No, if I fail at it, all I got to simply say is, God, Help me, forgive me, I confess to you that I failed at what you wanted me to do. And guess what? I'm cleansed right now. There's no oppression in that. 
I'm set free. Now listen to this, this statement, and maybe it'll make sense to you. So many want to do away with truth so that they are not burdened by truth, but truth is actually the remedy for failure to fulfill truth. Did that sufficiently confuse you? Anybody understand what I'm just said? Now listen, so many want to do away with truth so that they are not burdened by the truth. You know, okay, uh, don't tell me anything, and then I don't feel guilty about doing anything. Uh, you know, I can just feel free. I can feel without. Well, that, that is wonderful that you feel so free right now. But the problem is when you have no guidelines of life, no guidelines of morality, no guidelines anywhere, truth is you're going to mess up. If there are no boundaries, no guidelines, then you're going to cross them and don't even know that you did. Now, they're so burdened by truth, but truth, listen, truth is actually the remedy for failure to fulfill truth. You see, God says, look, I have truth for you to live by, but I've also, I've got, I've got grace and mercy if you don't i've got forgiveness when you fail now that's not an excuse not to try he said that's why i gave you first john 1 9 you won't always succeed at what i've told you to do every time you do you'll be protected because what i'm telling you is very protective what i'm telling you is going to give you a blessed life it's going to help you he said but when you stumble in this don't get down don't get discouraged talk to me does this make sense to anybody? Yeah. All right. Verses 6 through 8 say, Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. And so he's, he's still on this issue that the whole thing's on faith. whole thing's on faith. And again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, today after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? Anybody confused by all of that? We see that the people of Israel, here's what I believe, this is teaching, the people of Israel did not enter into rest, even after entering to the promised land, for they continued to fail to trust and obey God. You see, God over and over is, is giving them, providing them, and offering them rest. The problem is they keep failing to have that rest because of unbelief. Even in the promised land, they, did, they still didn't fully obey. Now watch this. If you do not fully obey fully, you don't trust fully. And so they left, they left peoples unconquered. God said, no. You, God said, Get rid of it all. They didn't have the faith to do it. They didn't think they could do it. They made a, a league with the, with the Gibeonites. They, they, they're not supposed to do that. They shouldn't even be there. And they failed at different junctures through, the, through this thing. Uh, Joshua is a great leader, but there's different places that they just did not go in and conquer. And do what God said to do. The Israelites continue in this partial obedience up to and through 
the life of David. You see, their lack of faith, that whole lack of faith continued all the way through to David. That's what the scripture is talking about, even in the life of David. David speaks of it. David spoke of another day, the day when rest would be found in Christ. For in his day, they still had to fight enemies that had not been conquered. You know who David was fighting? David was fighting the people that should have been done away with by Joshua. He says, I'm, I, I don't have that rest yet, but it's coming one day. There's a day it's coming. He's talking about Jesus. Now, remember where I, where I started. If you do not learn from the wilderness, you will continue to live in the wilderness. Folks, I know it's hard. When you go through these, these, these tough times, when you go through these scary times, when you go through these times where how in the world are we going to make it, and I cannot see, and I'm really scared, and I'm really nervous, and I, I'm just telling you, uh, that, that is when you've just got to praise God. You've got to hang on to God. You've got to look and say he's never failed and all things are, uh, uh, work together for good that to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I know God's got a plan. I know he can work something out of this. I know he can work something good. You've got to tell yourself and you've got to go to the scriptures and you've got to sing the praises and, and you've got to sing the hymns and you've got to just keep doing that because you, you understand that if you don't find victory in the wilderness, you'll never come out of the wilderness. So, the wonderful, incredible blessing we have today is it begins to be seen in, in verses 9 uh, through 11. It says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Look at that. There remaineth therefore rest to the people of God. For he that entereth into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Boy, it's incredible. The Lord's saying, if you'll come into Christ by faith, when you finally grasp this, you can cease working to have his salvation, to have his presence. That's not, God said, it's so wonderful that you can finally stop that. You know, I didn't understand anything about the word of God or, or salvation, but still ingrained in me, something was, I was going to have to live up to a certain standard. Well, I lived in fear every day of my life. Because I knew I wasn't anywhere close to whatever that standard was. And the problem was I was too, too, too logical. I, I just had to. I, I, was, I lived frustrated because nobody would tell me where that standard was. When I pole vaulted, they put the bar up there. And that's how, you know, they said that's 12 feet. Well, I know I got to clear 12 feet. And when I clear 12 feet, they put it up at 12.3. Well, I know I got a clear 12-3, but this thing of, of this craziness of, of, of religion told me, you don't know. Just keep working. 
That's a long day, folks, when you can't never get finished. You just got to keep working. There's no rest in that. But there remaineth therefore rest to the people of God, for he that entereth into his rest, for he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Verse 11, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. God says, look, uh, and don't, don't be confused by this word labor. You know, sometimes the words, and, and this is why we need to study, we need to, to study to show ourselves approved. Uh, this word labor, it really means to hasten, to be diligent, to make haste. And when God says, he says, there remaineth therefore rest of the people of God, for he that entereth into his rest, he also ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore, let us hasten therefore, uh, let us, let's, let's don't, Let's work to, to get this done in our heart and our mind into that rest. You know what? Uh, that means today is the day of salvation. That means don't, don't fool around with this anymore. Get saved today. And he said, and watch this. Once you get saved, let's don't fool around with this insanity uh, of trying to keep your salvation or trying to work to get some approval. He said, that's not why you do what you do. God wants his people to start living by faith right now. You know what? That's, that's really, I think, maybe part of the reason God brought me to Hebrews to, to teach the, this series. God wants this church, this people, he wants us to start living by faith. But he says right now, do it now. Hasten to it. Get about it right now. We're going to start right now. He said, because only when you start living by faith do you find rest. And understand me now. That is not saying that God doesn't have instructions for us on how to live. It's just why do you do what you do? Everything that, that I'm teaching through the commands of Christ, all 40 plus of those things, none of those things are to get brownie points with God. Every one of those you'll see that, I believe you've seen, God is simply saying to us, uh, here's how you can have a blessed life. This is how you can have a happy life, a joy-filled life. This is how you can, you can stay pure in your life. This is how you can, you can uh, rear your family for God. He said, I've got all these things that I'm commanding you so that you can grow. You know what? They're all, forgive me, but all these that attack everything that I'm talking about, you know, that no, 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 it's grace, and, it's, and you put, you, once you get saved, that's all oh, some guy wrote, wrote today. He said uh, 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 he was kind of uh, upset because somebody said that when your music changes, the, the, uh, the church and, and, and it's, uh, it's what the church proclaims is going to change. And he said, no, no, these, the music changed, the church is still proclaimed salvation. That's not the whole story. That's not all Christ taught us. Salvation is right here. Now he's got this whole life of teaching to us. And you know what? That same guy, if I went to I never respond to it, but, but the, the same guy, if I looked at him and said, are you for discipleship? He would say, well, of course I'm for discipleship. Knucklehead, do you know what that is? Discipleship is God teaching you how to live. Yeah. 
You see, faith is active, not passive. Somehow we think faith is, mm, I have faith. I've got more faith. My faith is growing. No, faith is active. If we're at rest, we must actively seek the face of God. Did you know that? If you're really going to rest in Christ, you find greater rest when you spend time with God. Even when you're sleepy, if you spend time with God, you'll find greater rest. If we're to have rest, we must actively seek the face of God. We must actively desire His presence. We must actively plead for His guidance, direction, and protection in our lives. We must actively spend time in His truth, His word, doing His will. Then we find rest. This active participation is what gives us rest in His presence. Now, George Mueller, who, if you've never read about him, you ought to read about him. Uh, maybe, you know, as far as humanly speaking, maybe the greatest man that ever lived when it really comes to faith providing for other people. Just amazing, amazing man. You ought to read his story sometime. But here's what he said. Mueller said it this way. He said, I have always considered it the first business of the day to get my own soul happy in the Lord. You know what? What he was saying was, if I'm going to rest in him all day, I got to find him. I got to meet him. I got to get with him. And I'll quit on this. He, he said the secret of a busy life is found in the lyrics of a hymn that he would sing. It's just these four lines. He said, Lord Jesus, thou hast promised rest. Then give it to me now. That's our attitude, right? Thou hast promised rest. Then give it to me now. The rest is ceasing from myself to find my all in thee. Ceasing from myself to find my all in thee. And folks... Salvation gives us the, the ability to have rest. I find a peace in the fact that I'm saved by grace through faith. I can't work for it, don't want to work for it. But it gives us the ability to find rest as we seek His will. It's not as we get saved so now I have rest as I live in my will we find rest as we seek his will now I go back to first John 1 9 the beautiful part is none of us do that perfectly so every day throughout the day whenever we need to we can say I'm sorry Lord I failed you. There was a thought. There was a word. There was an action. There was something. There was a doubt. There was a fear. There was something that shouldn't have been there. And I'm sorry. I confess it to you. I got peace. Because his promise is true. That if I confess my sin. He's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin. And cleanse me from all unrighteousness. 
I get peace. Because if I really believe his word is true, it's gone. That failure is not there anymore. And that's where I think so many, they've run over here to just say, let's just get people saved and, and everything else, let's forget about it. Because what they've forgotten about is 1 John 1, 9. Because when they tried to get outside that little cocoon, they failed. And that failure made them miserable. That failure became burdensome to them. It didn't have to. Get rid of it. If you're a Christian, unload it. Get rid of it. Now, understand, confession is not just, oh, well, yeah, I sinned, so God, yeah, I, I sinned, you saw that. Let me go sin again. No, confession, confessing our sin, means when we say, I'm wrong, you're right, and you're God, and therefore I need to change what I'm doing. Now, as I seek to change, I may fail again, but I still got to agree with him that he's right and I'm wrong. Well, and next week we'll pick up on verse 12.